Welcome to Amarillo Real Talks. I'm Derek. I'm Shay. I'm Sam. Jacob. Jeremiah. And yeah. we are excited to have our special guests today. They are contractors here in the Amarillo area. They do a lot of work. They're great people. Uh, they're pretty good looking. I think I, I beat them on the beard, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, but welcome, Alpha Pros, all things contracting. Let's get real. So what are some things that you guys, like, tell us your story, man. Who are you? Where did you come from? Where did you go, Cotton Eye Joe? Okay, so we, uh, we're brothers. Obviously, I'm older. He's younger. He's more mature. Don't talk, tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're from here. We lived in San Antonio for a little bit, but growing up, uh, we would help my dad, like, in the summers of construction work. We tried the school and college deal, and I had kids early, so I had to get out of school and go back to work. We did electrical work for a long time. Um, we came from almost nothing, man, like absolutely nothing. And my dad busted his butt to give us everything he had. So all we knew was, like, if you wanted something, you have to go and get it, you know? Like, right you got to work hard, and you have to have integrity in what you do, no matter what comes your way, no matter how hard it gets. And uh, we did – we would help my dad, like, in the summers, do bricklaying when he had lost his first kidney, and then we would just work every summer we could. We were electricians for, what, seven years? Yes, sir. But we were doing, like – contracting construction on the side we're trying to keep hands washed and then we started alpha pros with like 80 dollars <laughs> wow Literally. we were electricians for a company here in town uh, That's amazing doing, doing commercial work and we were just like one day i told your mom i was like dude i can't do this anymore i've got to be my own boss we're gonna figure it out so we paid our bills with our last paycheck uh, made sure everything was paid and i remember we had 80 dollars, and then we wired a barbershop and it was just like we're not ever going back <laughs> Wow, man, that is amazing. Yes, sir. I mean, we still struggle. It's still yeah. hard. Like, it's always going to be hard, to be honest with you, because you're going to have either cash flow problems. If you don't have that, you have employee problems. If you don't have that, if you got customers that want beer money jobs for champagne quality. You know what I mean? So it's like you're always going to run into these different dilemmas to where it's so difficult to please everyone. And then one day you just wake up, and you're like, I can't please everyone. I'm just going to do the best I can. So how does, because it sounds like you guys had to have a lot of faith, man. So, like, 80 bucks to your name, you're like, let's just jump in, feet first. Yeah. It was definitely just trusting trusting God's plan for sure and hoping it lined up with ours. <laughs> there, was, there was no guarantee of it. But I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, before they start, the biggest thing is, like, jumping. Like, you just got to do it. If you want yeah, it right. bad enough and you work hard enough. When we first started, we were physically working, like, 16 hours a day, making change. Maybe, like, in construction, three grand a week is not a lot of money. Like, just think about the overhead, the tools, the wear and tear, the gas. Right. The hours away from your family. And we were making like three grand a week working from like 6 a.m. to like 9, 10 p.m. every day, Monday through Monday when we first started. It was pretty intense. Just going back to that, you know, just real quick, you know, talking about that, just stepping out in faith, you know, I just, it takes me back to um, just the, one of the, my favorite stories in the Bible with Joshua where they're, with their, they, to cross the river, they actually had to step into the water before the, before the river would part. You know, before the river, river waters would 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 cease. Um, what what is that? Because now I'm curious. What in that initial struggle or that initial? You're saying you're you're not you're going to be your own boss. What was that like? Just the just the ebb and flow of that of just saying like, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going back. I think that us not 
thinking twice about it is what kind of saved us. Because we were just like, it was heat of the moment. It was very impulsive, really. <laughs> right. <A> smart business <laughs> right. man to be like, no, wait. <laughs> don't yeah. do it. Don't right. do it. Like, right accu- accumulate revenue and capital first. But we were just like, dude, we're going to do this. But yeah. you, didn't let fear, you didn't let fear stop you. No, I think that we were just so ambitious and hungry starting out. And we still are, you know, but you have those days where you're just like, man, I need to sleep for like eight hours today. I can't <laughs> yeah. do this. But yeah. we were just so ambitious and hungry. And we think the cool thing is like iron sharpens iron, you know. So Jeremiah and I, Absolutely. if I have a down day, he's going to sharpen me. And if he has a down day, I'm going to sharpen him. So it's like we kind of we, we've been blessed to have the partnership that we have because one of us are down, the other one's going to pull us right up. No, I love ne- that. It's never a day where both of us are just sitting in the slumps ever, no matter what. And that's really good. I love that. I love that you touched on that. You said maybe um, a smart businessman would have said, hold on, let's wait. Absolutely. But um, I love that you said that before that, I mean, you get you get scared of making that jump. Yes, they sir. say paralysis by analysis. You're mm-hmm. overthinking it. You're just waiting for the right timing, the perfect timing. But I think just like anything in life, like we've got we've got a baby coming in two weeks, less than two weeks right now. And it's like, or our second baby, and you're like, thank you, yes, appreciate sir. it. Um, but you're like, well, I mean, we're ready or not, we, we're doing this. Um, same thing in business. I, I just made the jump back into real estate full-time, um, coming up on two months now, and man, it's it's the best but scariest thing that I've that I've ever done. I was at a, at a job, so I started in real estate uh, full-time about two and a half years ago, did that for a little over a year, and then I was offered an opportunity to get into the title and escrow side of it, work for a title company here in Amarillo that was... Um, pretty much it was brand new to the Emerald area. So I was in business development trying to build up the business to what it is now, but then ultimately decided that, man, I, I don't think that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I didn't feel, um, I loved what I was doing in the position that I was in because I was super relational. I got to get out every single day and meet with people. And like, that's what I love to do. I really enjoy it. But I was like, man, title specifically this, I don't think that this is what I want to do forever. Um, so getting back into real estate, Derek and I had conversations, a lot of them. And, uh, man, he was a big, he was a big, I guess, motivator in that, in that season when it was like, man, if you're going to do it, you just got to go for it. Sir. You got to go for it. I I love what you all said because I was in the same boat. Like you guys had an impulse and you're like, you knew you made it, you drew a line in the sand, right? You said, this is what we're doing. Like, I can't do this anymore. This is what we're doing. And you did it. Me, we started a business, and I got an you know, entrepreneur mindship. It really settled in when my wife was eight months pregnant. <laughs> and we were in Great Mexico. Time, we were in Mexico, and I said, hey, by the way, I got like eight people wanting me to help them. I think we're going to start a business. Not the best thing to do when you, your wife is eight months pregnant, by the way. Yeah. But but it also did teach me a lot of lessons, right? Like for you, you know, your wife was also pregnant, and you're like, hey, I'm going to completely change careers real quick. You know, same industry, different career path. But it's like, and Sam, you were in two previous careers. So I think the important takeaway for all of us is when you got something on your heart, you got to go for it. And you don't you don't go half in. Yeah, that's you right. You go all in. All yeah, you either commit or you don't. There's no, you know, there's just a full committal. And I would add on to that, you know, I think I hear, you know, a smart man would have probably said no. But there's something also, something that I think goes along with this. Well, two things. Number one, there's a confidence level that you can provide something that that is above the the rest, right? Yes, and there's sir. also a knowledge that you have a skill set that you can that that goes along with that. In other words, what I'm saying is like, I mean, if you were to tell me, you know, I got it placed on my heart that I'm going to start, you know, doing some brick laying or you know, putting on some roofs, I'm, I I have no clue. 
And that's a dumb move. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can now you can YouTube anything, so you're fine, man. Right, exactly. <laughs> but knowing that, that you, I mean, surely I'm hearing you, you, you know, you're coming up with your dad, you're doing these for a summer seat, you're getting the training, you're getting yes, the confidence to, to do that. So what, um, what, what confidence or what, what is it that you provide that you say we're above the rest? I think that uh, our integrity goes a very long way, man. And you're going to find contractors or builders that are so, and I have no one in mind when I say this, that are so egotistical and, and confident in themselves that they forget that they're serving a person and they mm-hmm. see a dollar on a check. And for us, we'll lose money before we walk away from a job that's not done properly. That's just how we've been since we started. Even now, we have decent revenue and we still are the same way. So I think that we're personable is a big deal. Like, get to know who you're serving. Because at the same time, you're still a servant, you know. You don't want to look at yourself belittling, like, belittled to anyone, but you do want to realize, like, you're bringing forth a service to someone. And yeah. so, ultimately, it's like, you still treat them like a human being. They're not just, like, you don't get a check and they never talk to them again. You right. know? And some people, they'll be put in a situation to where it's like, hey, my roof's leaking, you just finished it two weeks ago, well, sorry, call the, call the manufacturer. You know, mm-hmm. like, you're going to run into that all the time. And I think that we don't ever let that happen. Like, we will literally, Jeremiah and I will go physically work with paint all over ourselves and bust our tail to make sure this customer's happy if our yeah. employees can't do it right. Yeah. I think that sets us aside <clears throat> from everyone else. Man, I love that. Right on, oh, man. So think, cool. It's getting the uh, entrepreneur bl- blueprint right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, go well, back to integrity. Well, and, and what I love, too, is that you two are brothers. Yes sir. yes, sir. So you're in business with your family. Talk a little bit about that. What that what has that been like? Because I think you touched on it and said, where, where I have a bad day, he's not going to have a bad day. He'll pick me up, iron sharpens iron. Yes, What's sir. that relationship been like, and what advice could you give to other people in, in family businesses? I want to hear Jeremiah's input on this one. How <laughs> <laughs> do you like working with me, bud? I, do like, I definitely think you can uh, – I'm glad I chose him out of anyone because they won't work with a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of conflict usually when you – our business partners with family, it can be a lot of conflict, but we're so much alike. We lift weights together. We work together. We're together 24-7, so we know each other so well and just bounce off of each other all the time. So it makes it a lot easier, just our relationship that we have. I love that. So what you're saying is don't get into a partnership with a sibling or another relative that you don't have a great relationship right. and trust value with. I think, yeah, we had our relationship established before we decided to be business partners. You know what I mean? Cool. And we still have, like, I don't want it to look like rainbows and butterflies because we still have days where I'm a jerk because jobs are behind and he takes it or he's a jerk because he's frustrated because, you know, things aren't matching up in the office. So it's like we learned that in the business world, we're always going to be brothers, but in the business world, we're business partners. And you can't take things personal. Mm-hmm. That's the big deal. Like, sometimes I'm a jerk to him over, like, something's behind him, Panhandle or Tuli, and I'm like, dude – this should have been done like two and a half weeks ago. And I'm a jerk and I'll like hang up on him like a little girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dude, it's not done. Beep. And, I, and I'll call him back and be like, dude, I'm so sorry. You know? <laughs> I was in my head and I'm just frustrated. Yeah. It's not your fault. I love you. You're my brother. But ultimately, we got to pick up the pace here. You know what I mean? So it, it's both ways. I mean, we definitely bring each other up one or the other. But we do have those days and those weeks where things get tied or jobs are behind and we're going to be like, Hey, this is all business. Don't take this personal, but I don't like you. Don't talk to me. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. I think that um, it's so important. I'm, I want you guys to kind of touch on this too, but um, you touched on that when one of you were maybe a little bit coming, agro- coming across as passive aggressive or like just frustrated because it's in the moment and you're with the situation, whatever that is. Um, talk about the importance of having that open communication 
Um, because obviously, like as as brothers, but you guys are business partners. Yes, like sir. you have to hold each other accountable. You have to say that hey, we we need to be on the same page. We need to be in alignment with what our ultimate goal is. What do you do in a situation like that? I think that being open to communication prevents the future conflict. Because just like any relationship in life, if you hold stuff in, it eventually comes out, and usually on the wrong person. Yeah, I love. So that. I think that if whenever he lets me know what he's frustrated with, and I let him know, it lets each other know our boundaries on how we want to be successful because if we don't have those that I'm going to let stuff slide on a job being slow. And then I hear from the customer, we lose a customer, we lose a client, we lose money, right. or, you know, every, no one wins. And then vice versa, if stuff's not right in the office, I'm not sending him proper paperwork and he doesn't tell me cause he wants to be my best friend or my brother. And it's like, we're just frying ourselves. Mm. We're lying to ourselves at that point. So if we're openly communicative and we tell each other exactly what's going on, what's wrong, what's right. We still give each other a lot of grace. Like we still are, dude, you killed it this week. Dude, you sold Man. so much this week. Dude, the paperwork looks good. Man, like, I love it. But there's a lot more storm than sunrise in the construction world. I'll tell you all that immediately. So we have to every now and then just sit down with each other and be like, dude, we're doing all right. God's got us. We know what we're doing. We wouldn't be here if he didn't want us here. It's It just boils down to that, like giving each other grace, but also giving each other the right criticism is like a big deal. Man. It's a big deal. There's oh, a balance wow. you have to have. Good relationship talk right there. Yeah, in the end, in the end, you know, you uh, I see that as a strengthener, a relationship strengthener. You know, um, just all the way around with each other, with customers, with clients, um, you know, with your other business partners. That's good. I so, love that, man. Okay, so you guys started with eighty bucks to your name. Yes, sir. Said so we're gonna jump off this cliff. <laughs> We're going to just figure this out. I think it was out. like 78.40 because I bought a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly. I, I bought a Red Bull that afternoon. <laughs> so, uh, and how long ago was that that y'all made that decision? It was like two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. So, two and a half years have went by. You've failed forward. You've made mistakes. You've learned and grown. If you could go back and do things differently, what would you do? Capital. Yeah. And so, what do you mean by that? Go into that a little bit. For anyone that wants to start a business, you can't. I mean, you can. I don't recommend it. Put some, if you have a consistent job at all, you don't just jump off and go join something new. You put away at least 10, 20, 30 grand, something to have as cushion. Because if not, you're going to constantly be robbing Paul to pay Peter forever. Right. And that's rough. Because then you have customers questioning why material is not on site or why this isn't getting done when you're taking deposits to pay for a job, taking deposits to pay for a job. And that's critical to not do. Everyone wants to be a business owner, but if you don't really like throw it on a business plan, even without talking to anyone, just be like, Start with this much money. I, I know I have enough for material for the first job, so I don't have to take from the deposit to go towards the material. And then you already are, are, are creating profit into your account instead of just starting with nothing, banking on a deposit. Then the job takes longer, so then you use some more of the deposit to pay for Like, I think the biggest deal is, like, start with something. Don't start with nothing. <laughs> That's like, don't know what we did. <laughs> no, but I, I really like how you guys talk about integrity, and that's – like that's really at the at the core of who you guys are. That's how yes, you sir. built your business. How did you maintain that integrity when things were so tight up front, when you were like, we need this job, we need to complete this project? I think at first we were super, uh, I, I remember, we were super desperate at first for work because no yeah. one knew about us. There's a lot of contractors in town. Yeah. And I remember Jemai and I used to like knock doors, hang door tags, cold call property management companies and be like, hey, we're new in town, we're licensed, we're bonded, we're insured, and if you just give us a shot, we'll show you what we can do. And they were like, oh, I have a contractor, beep, I have a contractor, beep. And now we have emails full of property managers who are like, hey, we don't want those right now. The city's <laughs> wow. going to tear y'all apart if we pull a permit on that property. 
So I, I think that um, regardless, no matter what, if we had 100000 in our pocket or $5 in our pocket, we were going to make sure the job was done right. I don't care what right. it took. We would, we would do the job right and take money out of our personal accounts to do it properly before we did something halfway. Yeah, that's true integrity. Yes, sir. That's true integrity because it's so easy for people to talk about doing those things and saying, hey, I'm going to do this right or I'm going to do right by my client or my customer. But at the end of the day, when you're like, I, I'm so desperate. And I mean, that's the word that you used in that season because you guys were just getting started. Yes, sir. But regardless of your situation and how you were feeling and the pressure and the frustration, you still were like, we're going to uphold our integrity. And I mean, that that goes to show two and a half years, you guys have a successful business yes, sir. that we you're operating that. Be- because of because that's at your core. That's who you are. Yes, Staying true to that. And I think that, I mean, even to this day, we run into hiccups and we have mm-hmm. customers that get super frustrated with us. And like, there's nothing you can do about that. But at the end of the day, we just make sure that we give them what they asked for and what they paid for. That's a big deal. Cause they're going to go through a lot throughout a job. Like a lot's going to happen between phase one to final walkthrough. And we are grateful that a lot of our customers have been so patient with us, but some of them aren't so patient with us. Yeah. And when they are, we still just have to show grace and be like, Hey, we apologize. We'll make it right. You know what I mean? So. Man, I love that. Um, <clears throat> also, just wanted to say thank you for the, you know, you bet, man. the bug. I'll definitely <laughs> be representing. Um, but with that also, so I see Alpha Pro's roofing, and you so, got content. Man, so you've grown a lot in two and a half years. What are some of your goals moving forward as a business? Like, what are some of your business goals? What are you hoping to do or achieve or – what areas and ventures? Like, where are you where are you hoping to end up? Do you want me to answer that, or are you going to answer it? The, the end goal is really uh, to expand into Colorado and get more into the architectural things, and just trying to build a foundation here to where we can have people that sit here and manage outsourced contracting, but to our standards. That's the tough part, very hard, because finding anyone, any employees, or anyone to supply everything to our standards and have our integrity is very hard, but. That, that's a long-term goal. Okay, so why Colorado? We love the mountains. Economic uh-huh. value is much higher. People aren't scared to spend money because they're living on 700 acres of land. And uh, if we do agricultural development and we can, like, do skyscrapers and stuff, then the market will be ruthless. Man, can you okay. just, like, go a little bit further northwest to, to like, central Oregon if I need to? <laughs> <laughs> I, got well, some, I got some deals happening up there. I'm like, I could use y'all on. I think, just I think that we're not going to be small-minded when it comes to the business. Um, I think that we're going to go as far as we need to go, as far as we're called to go. Um, we just really, really do love the mountains, ultimately. I know that a lot of people are like, Colorado, there must be stoners. We're not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. That is not the case. We just love the mountains. We love yeah nature you know there's there's water mountains snow there's everything over there and um when you look at any any entrepreneurs in colorado or what anyone is doing over there i mean the only way you can fail is if you don't get up and work every day over there here you've got people that are kind of hanging on to their pockets which i understand the panhandle is a hard place to really really just go crazy on money because the next day everything's going to get blown away you know like nothing can be really fully taken care of here and in colorado there's city maintenance everything is just better over there as far as like city maintenance their parks Everything that they do, they just take care of their stuff. In Texas, I love Texas. I'm a Texas boy, and we get rowdy. But at the same time, <laughs> we don't take care of our stuff in Texas. We don't. Right. So. Man, can you talk about that? You hit on this a little bit, too. Like, what are some of the things that you guys run into? Well, let, let's first talk about, like, what all you guys do, right? Like, because you got roofs. You do remodeling. Like, can you talk a little bit about, like, your scope of work you do? Yes, sir. Um, our specialty is custom additions, no matter the size. We like to tie onto a house and make it look like it was always there. 
It's so cool. fun. Roofline extensions, mother-in-law quarters, uh, extended livings. We like to do st- stuff like that because you take the edge of a house, you pull off all the brick, you tee in with new brick, you have to put in a new valley on the roof, which is where the two roofs meet, and it looks like it was always there. I don't know how the builders that originally built it feel about it, but we love it. <laughs> 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 you know? Um, so we do anything from residential to commercial. We prefer commercial, but our residential, we if we do do it, it's pretty custom. Um, tile, countertops, plumbing, electrical, sheetrock, insulation, framing, roofs, obviously. But roofs is a different entity than Alpha Pro's construction and contracting. That's a different, it's like a brother company. So we launched that as an LLC separately. So we have an entirely different crew that does that. And then contracting, we do like the custom additions, the way we met. Like the That's cool. Work. Are y'all planning on doing any more brother companies, or are you going to keep it there I think, for a minute? I think we'll sit there for a little bit. Let's get these guys perfected. Let's find some a good management team. Um, that's really what we're lacking right now is we need a general manager to be able to run this thing while we go. And like Jeremiah said, like finding someone that's going to carry the crown as, as well as you can and really take care of something that's not theirs, like treat it like it's theirs, is very difficult right now. So there you go, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to put their information at the end of the video. <laughs> You're going to have a way to get a hold of them. If you think you're going to fit their mold, reach out to them. Yeah. I'm just going to so, shamelessly plug that, do. bro. <laughs> Don't use the Eric as a reference if you're lazy. I'll <laughs> 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 shame you. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's good. But that that is a challenge. I um, My dad is actually, he's a small business owner and used cars up in Utah where I'm from. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the been the hardest part for him. I know just talking to him, he's got some incredible people that work with him now. But getting putting those people in place, like uh, you guys are two and a half years in and really trying to find that person or those people or those crews that really fit, uh, like Derek said, with your mold and everything that you guys believe and um, want to see a drop through the to the end want to have that same you want them to have that same integrity that you guys do what's that process been like so far as you guys are trying to trying to get there or what do you what are you looking for like what what do you guys think it's going to take it's rough um it's been really rough we go through employees like like he goes through hats like <laughs> i'm telling you right that's now. a lot <laughs> he has a different hat every time i see him. i love you bro that's but awesome it's a uh, it's rough man because everyone starts off strong Everyone wants the top pay. And I get that, you know, like, it, right. it's, it's not about that. We don't mind paying someone top, but everyone starts off strong. They accumulate a few thousand dollars, get some cushion, and then we're starting to get showing up late. We tell the customer someone's going to be there at 8. They don't show up until 10, and we have to answer to that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. We look dumb because an employee doesn't want to do what he's supposed to do. Whenever When they first start and they start off really strong and they're knowledgeable in construction, I'm like, hey, man, what are your goals? We're all about growth. What do you want to do? Do you want to ride around in a truck with a Patagonia vest and walk jobs? Or do you want to be out here on your knees with knee pads on and laying tile? Like we're, we're going to support whatever you do and make sure you're paid well for it. So I think that the biggest struggle is like finding someone that actually sees as far as their own goals. A lot of people are so small-minded. They just 40 hours a week, let's get a paycheck, let's go home. Yeah. Let's do yeah, whatever we do on the weekends. And if you find someone that's actually looking the distance of where they want to go, then I think that we could, we could have something beautiful. But I love that. For now, cool. we're just still searching. Yeah. I know uh, when I think of uh, – um, just add on additions. I mean, you know, as myself and probably some other realtors are just wincing because it's, we've gone into some DIY add ons. And realtors are like, oh, why would okay. they do this? Yeah. Yes, yes. So, I mean, what is the, what is the, the hardest part about doing an add on? If, if you got a home, if you're talking to a homeowner, you're saying, 
they want a certain add-on. What is the most difficult part about an add-on? Um, and what are some things that um, I just think that to integrate the house that is probably the most difficult? Like I, I think right now, first thing that comes to my mind is like the, you know, the getting the heating and air correct because we've gone in like, oh, man, it's mm-hmm. not staying heated right. as it should or cooled. Um, luckily, we have some great HVAC guys, so we don't run into problems like that. We make sure that we never overload a unit. If we do, then we install okay. a new one or a dual system, mini splits, but those are only, like, nice in studios. They look kind of – you can't do an addition to have a mini split, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that our uh, – the most complex part of an addition would probably be the, the brain work of the framing tying in properly because our thing is longevity. You want it to last as if it was just built and it's supposed to last forever, you know. Okay. So using the proper beams, making sure everything is structurally how it's supposed to be, using LVLs are super expensive, but they carry the weight of the entire roof and the ceiling. Um, I think that that's the most complex part. Yeah. And our uh, architect and engineer, he <coughs> always like to do his job the best, so we sometimes have to brain work it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right I think that's it, though, brother. It, that, that The biggest part is like making sure everything's tied in properly. The cosmetic stuff, that's easy for us. Making stuff look pretty, making stuff feel good on the inside, making it feel like home, that's the easy stuff. But making sure it's going to last forever, mm-hmm. that's like where the, the bones of it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. What is probably the most common... Um, it's, I'm not talking residential. What's probably the most common uh, add-on request that you get? Hmm. It'll be like a um, uh, sunroom. Surprisingly, oh. it's more like a like an extended living area. People want mm-hmm. extra space for where, when they have holidays. Their family can come and they have all the extra space for all the kids and grandkids. I think a lot of it is like just extending stuff for more. I want to say it's like more mainly for the kids. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we hear like. Man, on Christmas, we have so many kids that come around here, and they're all cooped up in one room or jumping up and down the stairs. So I think that, yeah, people just want that extra space for during the holidays for the most part. Okay. <clears throat> Which we are doing a really cool one in uh, Bushland right now. It's like a mother-in-law quarter, so it's like a house attached onto a house. That's cool. That is cool. That's, well. I think that is something. We've talked about this. I think that is something that's coming this way is the the mother-in-law quarters oh it's sweet in in some way i think that's going to become more popular is especially as baby boomers man i mean they're you know you know no offense baby boomers but you're you're getting older (laughs) you're that greatest generation but you're getting older and i and i know that and i say that out of love um because that's something that i think homeowners now especially in generations like us like if we're talking about our parents or you know their parents that generational home is pretty. It's becoming a lot more prevalent and more important. And I think, I think additions and I think ADUs and and mother-in-law quarters. I think that's going to be even more crucial going forward. I'd like to give a quick shout out to Goosehead Insurance with Lisa Link GooseheadInsurance.com. Find her at Lisa Link GooseheadInsurance.com for your needs. All right. So, yeah, but I think, you know, some of the things that happen in real estate or what happens traditionally is it lags behind the normal economy, right? So economy struggles, things happen, and then real estate kind of follows suit afterwards. I think what we'll see with the baby boomers and why I brought up the ADUs and mother-in-law quarters Mm -hmm. and stuff like that is we're going to have to end up doing it out of necessity rather than headed off up front. So, you know, so homeowners out there, I'm like, that's a great way to add value to a home is by adding another living space or an ADU your property value is going to go up a ton just from doing that. So if you are in a position where you have a ton of equity, 
We could talk to you about getting a HELOC or getting a line of credit on that equity, hiring people like Absolutely. Alpha Pros, go in and do that, especially if you're somebody who's already thinking ahead of time of a family member who's going to be in need that you need to take care of, you're worried about their space. Um, I think it's good to go ahead and preface that now. Yeah, and just pairing along with that, um, you, I just think of my grandma who's who's wheelchair bound. You know, it, that just goes along with that. Having those mother-in-law quarters that are going to be that have that ADA compliance. Um, I've had several listings where I've had a couple of listings where it was uh, an ADA compliant house, and man, it just went like that. Oh, I, so, I bet. Yeah. do you do you, uh, do you t- take that into consideration? Do you have you worked ever worked with ADA? Yeah. So actually, we've done it. We've done. We actually just finished another ADA shower for a sweet little girl that is in a wheelchair and get a walk-in shower. It was her. actually my client, bro. His client. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Remember how we met on yeah. that job? I was yeah. like, hey. I was like, Derek. <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, this guy called us and said he wanted an ADA restroom, and he was like, my da- my agent, Derek's going to meet you over, and I was like, I called Derek, and I was like, hey, dude, do you have a showing tomorrow at 9? He's like, I sure do. I was like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it's weird how all that stuff works out. But then we also did one for a, for a couple in, what, City View? City View. Yeah, in City View. And we actually did a sweet custom ADA uh, vanity. We made it by ourselves. It was pretty cool. So where he could actually like come in the door and then like slide in his wheelchair, just go right under his sink, real low profile. Wow, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's on our site. Um, and then same thing with the walk-in shower. A lot of people are wanting that uh, curbless shower right now because mm-hmm. they are putting that into consideration. Like, hey, when I get older, I don't have to step over a four-inch jam. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. hey, if I ever have, if something happens to me, I want to be able to just roll right right in. So you are definitely right. That's definitely getting very popular right now. Any of our custom showers we're doing right now, they do not want a curb. Okay. Man. What are good man? You're you're bringing in some nuggets here. What are um, what are like the top three things you're saying you're seeing right now that could help a homeowner add value? Obviously, electrical is always going to make people. It's it's pretty, and lighting is a big deal in homes. Um, that's like what I see a lot of people saying whenever they first buy them, and we go in and do custom work to it. They're like, "I was sold because of the lighting." Or it's so bright in here. Or I love the I love the six inch LED cans. Or I like the under cab lighting. Like lighting's a big deal. Another thing would be, what would you say? I'd say um, the kitchen, like countertops and uh, ca- custom cabinets. That's a big deal. I know kitchen sell. Kitchens, yeah. kitchens is what really sells it. It's a nice kitchen. Wife right. happy. Yeah. <laughs> Wife comes in, looks at the kitchen in the bathroom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bathroom, absolutely. I and love then, that. And then right now, the, the flooring. Uh, trend is, is changing a lot everyone's going for that longer wood grain tile that ceramic tile they're like four by 36 mm-hmm. everyone's loving that right now everything we're doing i have i think the past five customers we've had they want that long 36 inch by about six seven inches tall tile and they just it has that wood grain almost looks like hardwood floor but the grout lines break it up a little bit yeah yeah so that's Man, a we'll big go deal right now on the opposite end of that what are you seeing that maybe was trending for a little while that you're you guys are doing a lot of work with that you're saying, hey, like maybe it is tile or a specific type of flooring or I don't know, colors on wall. Well, I don't know, what whatever you guys are. So what were you saying into. so that's trending now or was and went that away? That was trending that's going away. You know, wallpaper trended for like a little bit. It did. Yeah, like, man. For like, it for did. like a split so second. 2021. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dude, exactly. So yeah. for a split second everyone was like they tried to make it sound like it's because they wanted it to be cheap and not do texture, but I knew that they saw all these TikToks of wallpaper in the background and I was like Okay. I see. I was like, but you can save some money. Just go on Amazon, get your wallpaper, glue it on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, wallpaper was like a, a glimpse of a trend. And then what else was pretty big um, that isn't anymore? I'm trying to think. 
What's coming back, I see, though, is that uh, just a natural concrete slab, and they're polishing them. That's coming back a lot. A lot of new houses I see, they have that. Oh, okay. Like that polished. Oh, the polished finish instead polished of finish. tile. Yeah. yeah. So it's just literally the slab. I'm seeing that a lot lately, especially new homes. Yeah, there's Everywhere. a lot. And so maybe a little less, yeah. talking about the stuff that's going out, a little less of the uh, um, the stained epoxy or whatever? Yes. Okay. I'm seeing that coming back, though. That's what I see. Okay. That's crazy. I've seen that. I don't know why, but. I'm not a fan of it. But. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm, see it I'm not either. Oh, yeah. pocket doors kind of went away. You know what those are? Pocket yeah, pocket yep. doors. The ones yeah. that slide into the wall. Oh, come yes. Back out. Those kind of went away. And they were, in like 2020, 2019, they were kind of a big deal. Everyone wanted pocket doors. And now those are being flopped with barn doors, like custom barn doors. Yeah, everybody's wanting yeah. barn doors, man. Yeah. So could you talk about what customers should look for when hiring a contractor? Or what should they look for in the right contractor? I think that uh, that first walkthrough is crucial. And I think that customers should ask those questions to make sure they're not hiring someone that's just going to hire someone else. Like, ask me all the questions you have. Structural, cosmetic, at, like, ask those questions so you know. Not just someone with a, with a polo on that has a name on it. Like, actually ask those questions. Like, hey, how are you going to make this ceiling work? Mm-hmm. How is this door going to be framed in? What kind of studs are you? Like, those questions at the original walkthrough avoid conflict later on when you've hired someone you're trying to ask them like hold on let me let me look into that for you you know what i mean i think that that's a big deal and then a tip for customers is like trust your contractor (laughs) just put your hands off and trust them like you're paying him to deal with all the headaches so why give yourself headache worry about what they're doing watch them and if there's stuff questionable absolutely ask questions but trusting your contractor will make everyone's pressure blood pressure as well go way down (laughs) (laughs) I think that's with any professional, too, even in our world. It's it's the same way. That's why we said, you know, in the last podcast is, you know, whoever you're going to hire for a job, if you don't have established trust right up front, don't hire that person. Exactly. 100%. If you trust them, lean on their experience. 100%. Because we all have some line of work. Right. So if we were to come to a customer's line of work, would we, you know, kind of have that expectation to treat them the way that they might be treating us as professionals, right? Like. Because it's a little bit different in our world as business owners, right, versus the normal eight, eight to five, you know, people are going to jobs and stuff and, and that that sort of thing. So I think that trust absolutely goes both ways. It's, 100%. you know, if you're going to hire somebody for a job, trust that person. If you don't trust that person, don't hire them for the job. Yep. That's absolutely. a red flag. Absolutely. And, and I would say uh, going along with that as a portfolio, do you have a por- portfolio of, of work that if a customer requests it, you're like, hey, because you mentioned go look them up on yes, our website, sir. right? Yeah, so we have, I mean, our website, we have, we're, we're established on Google as one of the top remodeling contractors. Um, but everything on paperwork, I mean, anyone can type that up. So what we do tell customers, if they have any any question about our integrity of our work, I, we have 400 customers of references. Right. Call any of them. Right. I'm not going to give you three that I've buttered up. Yeah. To cookies. I'm going to give you every single customer we did a job for. So we got two phases, you know, like Absolutely. saying, that, you know, now you got some customer reviews, you got customers that, that can give references and all that kind of stuff. But then we talked about earlier, you had, you were just beginning. So for our new yes, entrepreneurs, sir. you got to start out somewhere. At first, yes, sir. Yeah. At first, I think reviews was a big deal because we knew that, I don't know why, but people care what people think. Mm-hmm. And so if that's why word of mouth is a big deal. You know, um, most 80% of our customers are word of mouth. About 10%, 15% are Google reviews, and then the additional would just be like Facebook recommendations. Um, but I think that it really comes down to just 
showing them what you're about from beginning to end. And then I, I always tell these customers, because we run into a lot of problems, gentlemen. Like, I can't stress that enough to you. On every job, it's always different. One out of 15 jobs is just smooth in and out, check in the pocket. You know? Right. But I think that the big deal is, like, if you can just explain the situation to the customers and ask for a little bit of grace, then it'll go a lot smoother. But whenever you aren't responding, like, we left town for an emergency a few weeks ago, and uh, we weren't responsive on our phones, and it, we came back to a tornado. It was absolutely mm. terrible. It was it was like, oh, gosh, we're going to fail now because we have four customers that are mad at us. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh. But yeah. we had to kind of just regroup and get back, get back to where we started and just be present kind of smoothed itself out once we did that what are let's let's do let's kind of go over top three tips for customers okay. and top three don't do these so like maybe there's DIYers out there right okay or DIYers out there who yes, you know I'm sure we've all heard stories sure there's some great ones out there right and that's right. a huge trend in our in our population right now um but there's also, I've heard tons of stories where people have to spend thousands more fixing what a DIYer has done right. with an, an actual professional. So let's start off with top three tips for clients. What would those be? Are you saying tips as far as like, what do you mean as far as like physically doing something for, for anything, or how they treat a contract? No, I would say, I would say just anything top three tips, construction, contracting related. What are top three things <laughs> you would tell a client? What do you think, bud? That, that happens maybe more often that they don't know that you could kind of give them a little nugget on, you know? I think there's some things you can DIY and some things you can't. Like, when it comes to the professional aspect of what you're doing, like plumbing, electrical, framing. Licensed trades, yes, Licensed sir. trades, keep that to a licensed professional. Um, sheetrock, painting, if you're trying to build a table, go ahead. <laughs> but, I mean... I definitely would keep the licensed professionals at the licensed professionals because you don't never know what, especially with electrical. There's fires, framing, you have walls falling down. You you just never know. Plumbing, you have, you're flooding your entire house. Can you try to save me a few bucks? I definitely would keep the licensed professionals um, do their job. Yeah, mm-hmm. and cheap isn't always good. That's like we're we're not super expensive, but we're not dirt cheap. Cheap isn't always good. We're right there in the middle because we obviously if we weren't, we'd be rich. You know. Rich or no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think that that's a, that's a big deal. Um, and then another tip that I could give any customer is like, just trust the process because you don't know what it takes to get that job done. It may look super easy, you know. And on movies, they do like these fast tracks of like a framed house. It's not that easy. Those cuts aren't easy. I was cutting forty fives all weekend at my dad's pool. It's not easy, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I think that like trusting. Like Jeremiah said, there's do's and don'ts. Like you should know when to and when not to, and then uh, you just never know what the job actually takes to get done. Everything is a process, easy or hard. There's, there's always a process. If you want it done properly, it's a process. It's never as easy as it looks. Uh-huh. Man, yeah, you guys know from experience. I mean, <laughs> walking into jobs and you're like, oh yeah, this should be probably like a slam dunk thing. We can no, walk I never in say that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I think now probably oh, just having that experience. Yes, sir. Oh, you yeah, wouldn't absolutely. say that. But I mean, if it's people that are DIYers and they're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to rip this down and I'm going to do this and slap this up and throw this in here. Then you get into it and they're like, what did I just do? Yes, sir. Like you, you guys, you guys have experienced that. So I like that you touched on the being a licensed professional or hiring a licensed professional to do specific pieces of that job because the, I mean, they know their stuff. They're in that profession. They see, they run into it just like you guys do on yes, a daily basis of, man, 
I've ran into too many situations where this turns into a really big problem if you don't do it the right way. Absolutely, yes, sir. What's the, this is a random question. I just thought of this. As far as like permitting processes, what's the hardest place around here to get permits through, town-wise, city-wise? We don't really have a problem with that. When we first started, we did. But we don't really have a problem. As long as you're bonded in the city or the county that you're pulling the permit, it's not a big deal. Uh, originally, whenever we were doing additions, um, you think that you're pulling, you know, an addition just for framing and roofing. But whenever you pull that permit and they see that you're doing all these scopes of work, it then turns into a building permit, an HVAC permit, an electrical permit, a plumbing permit. So I think it's just being ready for whenever you pull a building permit, be ready for the whole building to be inspected. That's why I tell some people, like, we're going to pull a permit, but just so you know that there will be additional costs because once we pull a building permit, you are now on the city's radar, and they're going to come look at your house and see if anything's not done correctly, even if we're not touching it. They're going to want it corrected because the permit is on your entire building. Mm. That's good to know. Yes, sir. That's really good to know. That doesn't mean don't pull permits. Everyone yep, pull permits. Right. <laughs> <laughs> pull permits, but just be ready for all the trades to have to be covered on that, which is good, though. That's what I like about Amarillo is that they actually do care that stuff is done properly. Yeah. You know, When we first started, we would fail an inspection once or twice. You know, and it's like, you can't get mad. You're like, well, they want it done properly. That's good. Because yeah. then your work is guaranteed. You yeah. know, it's guaranteed that the city inspected it. So Yeah. What do you guys run into more often or the most often when somebody pulls a permit or when you pull a permit on a property that turns into, a, like, is it HVAC? Is it plumbing? Is it electrical when they say, hey, now that you're, you pulled this permit, these things need to be up to this standard? Mm, I would say windows. Yes. When you pull a permit, um, windows being framed improperly is a big deal. Really? Some I people would just slap windows. That. Never would have thought that. Yeah. Some people just slap windows in and out. And windows have to have a specific header in case the window is to fall out and nothing collapses over it. Or wow. in an emergency, yeah. the wall can't collapse on it. So it's got to have studs on studs on each side and an actual double, he- double header on top with like OSB in between the two two by sixes. I know I'm speaking for it right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm hanging with you. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, windows are a big deal for all inspectors, even in Panhandle. I mean, they're... Windows are a big deal. Like they have to be framed in properly, or they will tell you to rip every single window out without hesitation. Man, because it's really supposed to be like your means of emergency exit, so it is kind of a big deal, you know. Gotcha. Well, something that you guys know that the normal per- normal person doesn't know that they think they know. We don't know a whole lot, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just You're talking about OSBs, and double <laughs> double framing, double double two by sixes. Um, yeah, like man. What do you think, bud? Um, trying to trying to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is real talk. Yeah, he's yeah, real talk. He's man. like, I could, he's keep, like, well, I could just go on. Yeah, in that <laughs> case. As far as just like construction, like Anything, building yeah. something, yeah. Man, what about timelines? Oh, I was about to say people, people probably people probably have. Crazy, ex- I'm just assuming, have crazy expectations on timelines as to absolutely. when a job can absolutely get done, right? Right. Yeah, I think that everything just looks a whole lot easier than it is. And then you see stuff on our side, and it's like, oh, wow, like, that's beautiful. But then in their mind, they're like, they finished that in seven days. I'm like, it'll take six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, realistically. Um, but I also take the blame. I'm going to touch on that. It's funny that you speak on that because I had some conflict over this. Um, people aren't so critical on their timelines if you communicate with them. And sometimes we're so set on, like, pleasing our customers that we don't set an, unex- like, unrealistic timeline, but we tell them, like, generally, like, hey, this is how long it took us to do this before. But you should never even do that. You should be like, hey, give us two weeks in your house 
to do what we do. If we finish early, great, you'll love us. But if, if not, at least I gave you the absolute worst case. Yeah. You know, so I think that on timelines, this is kind of a tip to other contractors, like communicate with your customer on timelines. Because if, if they get mad about the timeline, it's because you set something unrealistic. You know, I think a big deal that, and I meet people all the time that are like, as contractors, the only thing that customers want is be honest and be like, be on time, like be on time with what you tell them. So if we set a timeline and we don't meet it, that's on us. If they're mad, that's on us because we didn't communicate it properly. You know, I love that. It's even the same in our world. I mean, when a seller expects to sell their house in an X amount of time, but they want to list, you know, maybe way above market value. That expectation up front is crucial because right. if we say, oh, yeah, we'll sell that in two yeah. weeks at your crazy high price, it's like that's not a realistic right. expectation. Y'all run into that as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, y'all tell them or something. And yeah, like, so like if, if they – I give them three ranges, right? We give them ranges. Mm-hmm. And based on where they want to price that home at, I will tell them like, okay, hey, listen, you can expect in this range to like stay on market way longer, right? right? Then if you listed in this range, we could probably cut those average days on market down by sometimes 30 days, yeah. 60 wow. days. Yeah. yeah. For us, it goes back to the statistics because when we run a market analysis, you can see sales price, price per square foot, and then how many days it was on the market. Okay. So then you just break it down and say, okay, for this lower price point, then here's the average and then here's the high price point. Look at how much the low price point or the average low price point sat on market versus it took five times as long for that higher price point. Yes, it sold for more, but you're going to be sitting, if you can afford to sit on your home being up for sale for six months, then, I mean, we can do that. It's on your timeline, but <laughs> right. here's here's the breakdown of everything. Yeah. But I like that you said that, setting the expectations and then communicating that right. you know, throughout the process. Yep. Man, any other nuggets, man? Any other nuggets y'all want to drop? Man, I'm all out, but what Come about get, on, what about man. getting into the business? If you were to, if somebody were to say, "Hey, I want to start a contracting business," what would what what tips would you give people? The first thing I would say is like, "Don't do it." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that goes right back to like the capital thing. Okay, just make sure that uh, you've got some cushion when you first start. That's ultimately the thing. If you're hungry, you work hard, you want to take care of your family and take care of everyone that works under you. It's not going to be a problem. And getting clientele, once you start throwing stuff up like custom additions, turning attics into custom bathrooms and bedrooms, it starts just to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but starting with nothing will always be a problem. You know, who, who should someone that is wanting to start in that, what should they look for when they're looking for someone to mentor them? What should they look for? Um, someone that doesn't act like they have it all together. Because the person that's acting like he has it all together probably has a $300,000 line of credit that helps them out. Go find someone that has, like, you physic- you've either physically seen them working or you've seen them run a job and then talk to them. And most contractors, I feel like, locally here are pretty humble and will tell you and won't act like know-it-alls. And I have a couple mentors. You know, I love so, that. Like, you can never know enough. And I think that if you're just humble when you walk into it, it'll definitely pay <clears> off. Wow. Yes, 100%. Yes. And then not giving up <clears throat> is the biggest thing. I think that's a problem with a lot of contractors or even business owners in general. They give up. We have times where you, we never mentioned the word give up, but we have times where it's hard. You know, it's hard. Right. It's really hard. And that's where a lot of businesses fail. When it gets hard, they can't. They're just like, oh, I'm going to apply my other job. Yeah. They're like, they oh, I tried. Up. You can't give up. It's going to get rough, but that's just going to, you know, have you apart from everyone else. It's not giving up. Set the boys apart from the men. Yep. That's right. Separating good from that's what separates the alphas from the the betas, bro. (laughs) Ooh, (laughs) golly, man! See what I did there? See what I did? 
Yeah, I think <laughs> now that he said that, I was thinking um, that's why most small business owners or business owners in general, the failure rate is like 70% within the first three years. And yep. they say if you make it past the three to five years, you're gold. But I think it's because you 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 gain a tolerance for the hiccups. You don't right. see them as failures. You see it oh, like there's a problem, we know a solution. I've been right. through this, let's find a solution. That's, right. That's what I tell my customers now. I'm like, if they see something concerning, I'm like, hey, no worries, because if there's a problem, we have a solution. I promise right. you that. We've yep. been through it. We've seen it. If we haven't seen it all, we're about to find a solution for this one. Right on. So that's how you don't make that 70% of fail, failed companies. It's just like, like you said, just don't give up and just find a solution. It may not be easy. It's probably never going to be easy, but the good times are always rewarding whenever you accomplish those jobs or happy customers or stuff like that, for sure. Well, and there's like a common theme on this podcast, right? Like it, the host and the guests and everybody that we've had on here, we've been fortunate enough to have people who have really good hearts. You know, I mean, you care about serving people. You you care about not just the paycheck at the end, but the person before the check. And I think that's a common theme on our on our podcast. That's common to who we are. And I think there's a reason why um, we have people like you guys on this show. And um, and I think that's what people in our day and age are are needing more more than ever, especially after the last two to three years when we went through everything we did as a nation. People were hurting, man. Right. They needed people who were going to be kind, who were going to be nice, right. who really took care of them. Regardless of the money at the end, that's what they need. And I think, you know, when you can work hard, be kind, and be alpha, that might help, oh, bro. Boy, <laughs> but no, but I, I just I I do, really appreciate it, man. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. But I think that the big deal, like, with the alpha thing that people don't understand is we'll never – when there is an alpha, even if it's a leader of a pack, an alpha isn't someone that walks around with his chest out and is mean and a bully. An alpha is someone that is not afraid to be a leader, but can be so humble that you would never know he's a leader. You know Absolutely. I mean? You it. can lead a pack to where you show them, hey, we're graceful to everyone. We're kind no matter how rude people can be, except for don't flip me off in the line when we're driving because then we have a problem. <laughs> but no, no, but on a serious note, like the alpha thing is just much more than like two biceps flexing in front of a roof. It's literally just being the guy that can lead, but be humble and be understanding and patient with everyone that works for them, with them, around them. You know, like, that's the big deal. Alpha Pros isn't just some tools, you know, like some tool bags that are walking around like they're cool and tough. No, it's definitely like we want to be the alphas of our industry. We want to be able to do the most quality work while our customers understand that we are people, we're personable, and we're going to take care of them. Right on. That's what the alpha is for. It's not just to be tough. We're tough enough. <laughs> I love that. I mean, have you seen these beards? Easy. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you guys being on. Thank you guys. Jeremiah, Jacob, appreciate you a we ton. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, was it was um, all things contracting with Alpha Pros Contracting. We appreciate you tuning in. Keep it real. Later. <laughs>